Hello, Blood Bowl Grud here. Now I'm here to introduce you to the Tier 3 podcast. The podcast that has done for Blood Bowl what Nurgle's Rot has done for the sex lives of Pestigores. Enjoy! And we're back. Hello everybody and welcome to the show. I hope you're all doing well. And with me, as usual... The man, the myth, the gravy stain. It's Beard. Beard, do you want to say hello to everybody? Hello, everybody. How's everybody keeping? How are you, Jay? Oh, fan-dabby-dozy, my boy. Fan-dabby-dozy. That's all I can say. I've had a good couple of weeks. I've hardly hobbied, but um, we had Cardiff Cup. I feel like I had, had a good show in there. Started that AOS a slow grow campaign. So it's something a bit different. And... We've recently had inf- information that our local club, now relocated, is going to be having a league. So, you know, it's all coming up roses by end. Uh, how are you feeling, boy? Not too bad. I've done a lot of hobby, bouncing about from different things. You've got about nine million and one things going on. But yeah, I'm looking forward to the league starting up again, getting some regular games in again, away from tournaments. When you see people at the tournament, you know, it's nice to see people you haven't seen for a while and all that. But- I don't know. It's when you're in the club, or when you've seen people week in, week out. It's a different uh, thing altogether. You shoot the shit a little bit more personal. Everything, every joke is a bit more biting. It's really, it's really good, and I can't wait to see everybody again. But uh, I want to give a shout out to everybody that went to Cardiff Cup. It was been a fantastic event. Willis, the organizer, he put on a phenomenal event. You know, like everybody else at these Welsh uh, series except us so far, but yeah, it, it was a good day, and I gotta be honest, I got to play some amazing people, Ash, who I know listens to this show, he schooled me with dwarves as well, it was a draw, but I've never seen a fire slayer get up off the floor, do a backflip into two, into a two spaces on a six plus, and then interfere with a pass, absolutely phenomenal, I love that man, it was a good day, so how did you find the tournament? Uh, did, you, did you enjoy it? I know we're not going to talk a lot about it now because we talk about it later in the show, but how did you feel the day went for you? I thought it went quite well. Come out with a perfectly average record of 2-0 and 2. I got elfed and really enjoyed all of my games, despite being elfed. Nobody likes getting elfed, but then I beat everybody's hated team of Underworld at the minute, which that felt good to finish the day of beating Underworld. But yeah, it, it was good. Willis always puts on a decent tournament. You know, he knows he knows what he's doing and it's always a good laugh, his Cardiff Cup as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, because we're seeing people regular now and especially now we've got this Welsh series on the go, you know, there's, there's people always trying to ramp it up now and it's it's really good. Everyone's pushing each other now. So it's really good to see people regular now. And like I said, it's always good to see people I took Norse. I'm going to let it slip now, you know, before we talk about it more. I took Norse, and it was absolutely amazing that the fact that they did not shatter, they did not uh, get the Tash Bash effect. <laughs> three draws, man. Three draws. That's all I've got to say. Uh, that's amazing for me. But I know last uh, month we talked about Peggy, and we were like, oh, yeah, he's fantastic. Oh, he's a fucking beast. I will say, it surprises me. Because he is he's such an average stat line, which 
you want via flings, don't you? You want just standard blodge, nerves to steel. That just really fucks with people's heads. It was amazing. And i got to be honest, I think, you know, I'm going to have to paint up my uh, Rebo puggy and uh, get that sorted. It's going to be fun, but it's, it's, with these new stars, it's something has been opened up and it's just going to be chaos. I even got to see Ripper in action as well. Oh, oh it was amazing, but I played Ripper and Black Oaks in my first game and with Norse as well, they, su- they survived with a draw. Granted, the game went slow as fuck because Ripper ended up having a bouncing ball caught and he had to try to drag his ass from the 22-yard line of the years all the way up to the side and just by some sheer, you know, built-in arrogance from the north, just managed to, like, block him out on the side. like So it was it was a gotta-do-this-at-all-cost type of play just to keep the draw. But it was fantastic. You know, I don't want to go into it too much, but it was amazing. Like, granted... He could have been a bit better. The guy didn't roll very well when he came to my uh, to my uh, armor value, which, as we know from previous episodes, I know that feeling very well when uh, people can have like six plus armor and I roll like four for the whole day. But yeah, it was good. It was a good day. It was a good day, and everyone was chilled, relaxed. It was perfect. Absolutely amazing. I am still convinced every dice you own doesn't go up to a six. I'm still convinced you don't go above a two. Like, well, to be honest, I don't think they do. I think I just got twos on every side, probably, and probably like three sides of a skull as well. So, uh, <laughs> hey, oh, never mind. Never mind. It's all fun and games. Like I said, wooden spoon warrior. You know, you've got to get this somehow. Like, oh no. So, uh, it was a good day. It was a good day. And in case people don't know, we've got an interview coming up as well from the boys over at the Eye of Nuffle. So, from the great state of Canada, they are going to be Ian and Martin, if you don't know, and they're going to tell us all about the Glam series. I think that's such an amazing series title, like, you know, the Glam series. Oh, it is. It is. We've used the magic of technology, and either we've travelled back in time or they've travelled forward in time, or we might sit down again and have a good chat with them and have a bit of banter with them and... We may be lining up another chat in future again later on in the year as well. I gotta be honest, I I love talking to them boys. It's so, such a relaxed uh, conversation with them. They they just chilled, easy going, and we've previously had dealings with the uh, the great Ian before with his up and under series. So you know he's a a man of many talents, podcaster, author, and mediocre blood bowl player, from what I understand. So. <laughs> Me- uh, mediocre, that's what, four steps above you, maybe, at, at tournaments? Although, saying that, you're on an upward trajectory. Oh, you know. not, not having the wooden spoon doesn't mean I'm on an upward trajectory. That just means something something worked out. Come on. I don't know. G- given given your recent tournaments, especially Tash Bash, three draws, is uh, that's akin to winning the whole thing. You know. We met as well, Doc who give us that amazing dice bag. Let us not forget that. Yeah. Those dice bags. I filled, my, I filled mine in the middle of my first game. I, the guy was like, oh, you, did you see what I did? I was like, no, 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 I'm, I'm busy. Why can you carry on? I got a dice bag, mate. It was absolutely amazing. I showed everyone I played. <laughs> the absolute saint as well. 
he gave us a spare bag as well. So we're going to be putting pictures up for it. And it's going to be a spot prize for Cup and Drive 2 as well. So he's an absolute saint. Brought his mate, who is holding on to my wooden spoon. Because I wasn't there to collect it. They give it to him. But, you know, he's not the true champion with the wooden spoon, <laughs> is he? Come on, he only... Oh, you mean Jehanum? Not He's not the true champ. Yeah, I, I played him yeah. first game. He's... Uh... He's only there because I was taking you home because you were uh, not well. <laughs> well, talking of uh, Coop and Drake, it's now NAF approved. It's one day, tickets are live. We have 21 places filled so far. So if you're thinking about it, get yourself there. We had a lot of people who were very impressed with the prize pool last year. So we're hoping to do something along the same sort of lines. And as Jay said, we have that that dice bag just as a hint of some of the things we have lined up for this year. I will say as well that I would say we got like 50 plus tournament. I will push it to 70 if I can talk to the organizers in time. So if people are interested in coming, they got to get it in ASAP. So we know where we are and that's going to be amazing. And I'm talking with uh, a friend over in battle bling as well. See if, uh, I can work out a little extra something for us as well as, you know, we got to talk nicely to Chris over in uh, Black Hawk Down. So, goodie bags are plenty, hopefully. Oh, yes. We've spoken about a tournament briefly. We talked talked about the interview with uh, Ian and Martin, the absolute saints of uh, Canadian Blood Bowl. Have we played any games, whether it's Blood Bowl related or any other thing? Uh, I had my first toy in the water with Age of Sigma. Didn't lose first turn, which was a big change from how I play 40k and Blood Bowl. So that might be something going forwards that I do more regularly. Other than Cardiff Cup, I've not had any games of Blood Bowl. We'll be coming on to uh, Cardiff Cup. I did have, tell light, I did have a game against Ian from our club in our new venue in Merthyr which was my Ox against his Amazons. And I experienced the glass cannon that you had with Norse. My Ox decided in about three turns, they were all just going to fall over and lie on the floor. And Amazons just ran around me twice and passed and off they went. Oh, so are you saying this was like a repeat of the, was it Maltese gauntlet match that me and you had? Oh, yes. Where Amazons couldn't do no wrong Orcs couldn't even like get their fingers out their ass to sniff it. Like, uh, the orcs couldn't even move a square. Never mind, like you know. But yeah, it it was a repeat of that. Yeah. How did it feel? How did it feel? How did it feel? Well, I couldn't sit down properly in the car on the way home. Let's put it that way. It was that bad. I I seen you shifting, but yeah. Um, but as as with any game against Ian, it's always a good laugh and it always makes you think. Have you had mini games? Well, I played. Uh, Phil in our new venue and as a treat he wanted to take his uh, high elves so I thought I've never played them before I had them in a box fully painted for I think since before lockdown so I took on my woodies and didn't know how to play them I decided don't know I saw it if we're gonna just like stick so many rules on them I I Decided to make block wood woodies, and yeah, it was just it was elf on elf violence. It ended in a draw. It was, it was a fun game, and 
you know, it, it made me think a bit like, you know, oh, perhaps I should be passing, but I like I know my dice. I, I if I'm if it's working with the uh, block dice, I, I just keep going for a bit. <laughs> Still gonna break arm of a shit mine, but you know, I was putting players down. It didn't matter then. So uh, I think uh, my war dance has actually survived, which is better than most memes. What happens to him? Because I know they get targeted, but when when somebody's as soft as a bloody pointy ear against you, doesn't matter, does it? So again, it was the AOS event that um, I've set up. It was the what we call it, the contest of champions, where it was like a slow grow. We could have like non unique champions, and we could just build it up. And I I taught you how to play, and well, it that, that was fun. And you know, it was like the people that you expected to die didn't die, and then the ones that should have should have stayed disappeared within about round two, and it was a nice simple game. You know, I thought it's not how many you kill; it's all objective based. Turned out it didn't really matter because we all stuck on one objective and just decided to hit you know seven lumps of shit out of each other. So always fun. It's given you a little taste now, so it's. You know, something a bit different for you. And, you know, it's a bit of variety for us then, isn't it? So it's not going to turn into a Blood Bowl slash AOS podcast now, but, you know, it's something a bit different for us. You know, give us a bit of a break now and again. Exactly. And what I will say is Necro Horror, get rid of the bed sheet and start using some Night Haunt models. They'd fit in much nicer. Oh, yeah. it's. I was looking at Necromantic Horror uh, before... I think before Tash Bash, and I painted some up because if people have followed us on Instagram, I've painted like I painted up a few of the ghouls and everything. Like I should probably dig them out to see if I can actually use them. But uh, no, the bed sheets are they fucking awful. But you, but if you can change all those models for something AOS related, it's gonna get a bit more expensive than a twenty quid twenty quid box from uh, GW. So if if you've got to do it, you've got to do it really well. But yeah, those those bed sheets are fucking awful. Like we said, like we said when we reviewed them, it's a Scooby Doo fucking monster horror box, isn't it? I know Blood Bowl is meant to be more of a comedy game compared to AOS and forty k and thirty k, but like Scooby Doo horror, just you know, there's much nicer third party kits out there than bed sheets. Don't know now you now you say that right about to be in uh like a little bit of fun or whatever. It's I've noticed in more this edition that it seems to have gone into this playful type of picture of the players because the previous edition it felt like it was a bit more brutal. It felt a bit more you know on point. It was in line with what they were classing as their fantasy range at the time. Yeah, and I like that. I like the fact that it wasn't it wasn't goofy. I think that's my problem with a lot of like what's coming out now is it does look goofy as fuck. Yeah. And Bryce, I don't know how you're gonna slice that any other way. That's just a shit over the top goofy model because that's somebody not wanting to finish a model. And I feel sorry for any fucker that wants to paint that. But I'm not the designer of GW. I never will be. My most of my designs are fucking stick figures. If I had to do anything, but my opinion is, I, I don't, I don't like over the top goofy. That's why I'm not a uh, cute fan. Not, not saying I've dropped 
200 quid on the new Cutemost team, but I might have done. And I'm not a dick with a sway base. You're not saying that, are you? You want about the dogs and the cats. I am. It, it might finally convince the other half to give Blood Bowl a go. So if it gets somebody into it, you know, plus I can't wait to turn up with the cute moles on square bases just to see Jay's face when I put them down. I go, look, they fit in the squares. Do you know if uh, you do that, I think this podcast will come to an end. You'd, you'd, you'd have to think of another podcast name for that. You, I think the stream of violence and chaotic words that come out of my mouth, but I probably would either be locked up or uh, your, your, your feelings would be hurt so badly you wouldn't look at me. But <laughs> <laughs> whatever floats your boat at the end of the day, you know, come on. Exactly. I mean, you know my stance. If it gets more people playing, it gets more people playing. So long as it's easy to see what's what, it don't bother me. Yeah, but they're not, though. They're fucking cute to us. Fucking cute them, husband. Come on. Look, they're not rubber ducks, at least. <laughs> <laughs> yes, okay, I'll give you. It's not rubber ducks. It was not uh, 3D printed ginger men. That's the other one. <laughs> Gingerbread men. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> this gingy's got a, can- a candy cane, so uh, he's a blitzer. Makes a lot of sense. <laughs> oh, my word. I'm waiting for the day somebody just turns up with bases painted on where it says blitzer, catcher, thrower. That's not a hint to anybody, by the way. Please don't ever turn up to our event with with that as your as your team. I'm waiting for the, the transparent team, are they? It's, oh, it's, I've painted these transparent slan. Look, I've got these all marked on the bases. Uh, it's not three. It's not three. Co- uh, three different colours. Can't, can't have it, sorry. But uh, I don't know if they paint their base in three different colours. I suppose it would be. But no. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> yes. We won't go down that rabbit hole. No, because no. I'll get upset. <laughs> I, I think I will. I think I will get really upset. On that I think one. I can hear the rage down the microphone already. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. As you can see, I'm, I'm trying to keep calm. I'm, I'm running out of tea, mind. But, uh, yeah. So what we're going to do, though, is, you know, we had a nice chill ease into this now. We're just going to go into the interview and you know, we'll see what the boys from uh, INF have got to say. So we'll see you after the break. Hello, my friends. My name is Dan Kirby. I have a very easy to follow and very chilled out painted channel on YouTube where I paint miniatures of all different shapes and sizes. I paint miniatures from all different types of board games, and by using simple tips, tricks, and techniques, it couldn't be easier to follow along. If you enjoy a relaxed painting atmosphere, then please check it out. Right, guys, main section, and we get to interview the poutine power brethren from across the bond. It's Ian and Martin from the Iron Nuffle podcast. Boys, do you want to say hello? Hi, how, how are you guys today? Uh, hello. <laughs> right, uh, boys, in case, you know, for some unknown reason, we don't have the same followers, right? Do you want to give us a synopsis of what your podcast is? Yeah, uh, Ian, you are the marketeer of the two of us, so I'll let you take this one. <laughs> oh, dear. Okay. Yeah, well, uh, Martin's the brains behind the operation, as you can you can figure out. Uh, we uh, got inspired by podcasts, including your own, about... Blood Bowl, we felt there was not enough content out there and we wanted to contribute some. 
And we decided that uh, rather than look at, uh, you know, a, a close dive into all of the new teams that were coming out or particular rules questions or, or whatnot, or the hobby side, that we were just going to focus on upcoming tournaments uh, in our region. Now, our region is Quebec and Ontario. And I think for a lot of your listeners in the UK, that's like maybe 12 UKs. <laughs> so it, we, we've got a big region, but uh, I, we're covering tournaments all the way from, well, essentially Detroit all the way through to Quebec City. And uh, we're, we're having fun and uh, people seem to be enjoying it. Uh, we do dive into questions around Blood Bowl. We have a little thing at the beginning of our podcast where we ask each other questions and then we, we sum up our thinking on new releases at the end of the podcast. But we, we tend really just to be doing deep dives into tournaments and builds and what were the successful builds. Uh, Martin, do you think that covers it? Yeah, it covers it pretty well, I think. Eh? We try and I think the, the idea behind it was to keep it, to keep Ian and I's blabbering to a minimum and just have segments with people coming on to speak about Blood Bowl or tournaments, tournament organizers and stuff, so that it's not, you know, Ian and I talking and giving her too many of our opinions because we're, we're mid-table warriors, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so what are you saying? You're upper echelons on us then. You weren't mid-table warriors. We're the wooden spoon warriors then, is it? <laughs> I would never say that directly. <laughs> we'll say it for you. We wouldn't spoon warriors. We like being at the bottom. More fun on the bottom tables. You said that you cover the range then, you know, I said from Detroit to Quebec. Is that like tournaments in a series then? Or is that just anything that comes under the NAF umbrella? Yeah, I think you have something similar now in Wales where we have a tournament series that the NAF covers. Uh, ours is the Glam series. It covers a... a I think it's four states in America, Ohio, Michigan, help me out, Ian. I don't know. Uh, Illinois, that's where Chicago is, uh, Wisconsin, Ohio, that's, New York. Yeah, I don't think it's New York. But yeah, so it's, it covers uh, a few states, including to, uh, Ontario and Quebec. And yeah, so that's essentially what Ian and I would, would cover these days, like all the tournaments that go in there. And with the past like year or so, we're getting one, two a month. I, I, and that was me thinking our drive from Cardiff to Lancaster was a fair old trek. You know, three and a half hours, four hour drive. That's that, that's like visiting the end of your garden for you guys, isn't it? Yeah. The longest one for us so far was a 14 hour trip to Michigan, where it should have only been 10 hours, but we get stopped at the border because uh, the US didn't like me. <laughs> we <get> stopped <laughs> at the border for like two and a half hours, three hours, I think it was. Um, so that's been the longest one to date. But yeah, we, we go... We go fairly regularly, uh, some distance, eh? I don't think they'd let Jay in either, so don't worry. (laughs) (laughs) Not with my opinions, no. Beard, what's happening next Friday is uh, after a delightful visit to the the dentist, Martin will be jumping in his car, driving for two hours just to get here to my place to pick me up so that we can then drive five hours to get down to Guelph, Ontario, on the other side of Toronto for a one-day tournament. So that's uh, that's how daft we are over here. I was Canada, and the only thing you've got mostly there is it uh, snow and uh, moose, really, isn't it? So you've got you've got to go the distance to get half of it. So that's true. The distances are just they're mental. Like coming from Scotland to over here, uh, it took me a good couple of years to. Like I, I used to have an eleven minute commute to work and I thought that was too long, right? You come here and most days I'm in my car two hours, you know. It's uh, I don't think I could get used to it, so you're a better man than me. You know, I, <laughs> I, if I'm stuck with beard more than like three hours, I start losing my mind because like I'm just like I'm fed up. All I can hear is gravy, fucking hell. 
So, uh, <laughs> yeah, you, you're doing better than me. So, with you guys then, like you said, you've got a very widespread on your area. Do you do a lot of leagues or do you tend to stay away from them as well? Or do you, is it just tournament-based? Uh, the podcast doesn't look into leagues at all, although I have historically enjoyed them. But I will admit that now that I am devoting more time to the tournament play and then the podcast itself, which takes a fair, fair chunk of time, that I'm playing less in, in leagues. But I am playing in our Ottawa Gatineau League here, and uh, I enjoy it, but I'm finding that I like the challenge of tournaments better. Yeah, same here. I find that although I enjoy playing in leagues, tournament plays where I get the most enjoyment and so if we're going to two tournaments a month especially like this year we're pretty much set for two tournaments a month uh, until the world cup you just don't have the time everything everything circles around the tournament scene so it's I don't have the time to run a league definitely not run one and even playing in one one night a week one night every two weeks is it's quite a stretch yeah what about you guys you you guys still go to the club for league and stuff well yeah we still go we've um we're still part of our well, I say our local. It's really it's Beards local because it's about a twenty minute drive for him. It's uh, a little bit longer for me, but um, no, we still stay with the same bunch of boys because a lot of them then will go to tournaments with us as well. So you know, we we keep the group going, and I think it's a nice break for us as well. We instead of we looking at we got to build to this amount and have so many skills and how we're going to fit a team into those skills, not what we fancy, like what would be best that uh, layout. It's nice to go, well, I really fancy trying, I don't know, Oaks or something like that. And then you build that up slowly, and it's a nice little break, and in between, it breaks it up a bit. But I suppose it's different for us. Like Most we're driving is about an hour for our club. I suppose it's different if you have, have got a local league, because I, like, I don't know what your situation is, but if there's like, club's not local to you or if it's a bit of a drive to get to like a, lo- a local league I- well, Ian's, is, Ian's is certainly more local than mine I, I just don't know of um, any local leagues that go on around about Montreal but I mean all that to say I haven't really tried very very much to find one no and like you said now with two tournaments a month it's going to be a really hard push if you're trying to put a little extra in so have you guys run a tournament yet then or is it are we going to see an INFL tournament soon or we're not looking into that we're going to uh, hold off for a bit what's happening boys Uh, yeah so Ian runs one of the largest tournaments in Canada it's the capital city kickoff with our friend uh, Stephen um, and also runs another tournament called the Thrunk Memorial Brick that happens in August time, so the end of the summer. And I actually am running my first tournament on the first weekend in April, uh, April the 1st and 2nd. So it's the Laurentian Loons, which is our World Cup team. So the Laurentian Loons Team Challenge. And actually what I just found out the other day, it's on the same weekend as the UK TC. Nice! I don't think you'll have a problem with people wanting to go between the two. Lines. <laughs> no, uh, yeah. I, no, I, I, don't, I could I don't see there being much crossover. Point. Yeah, yeah, maybe one day, but not not this year. But so we managed to get ten teams. Uh, it's teams of three, and really looking forward to it. I'm uh, petrified at the at the prospect of having to play in the in the tournament because I have to run it as well. But um, yeah. yeah, so yeah, this will be my first uh, toe dip into running tournaments, and uh, yeah, excited for it. 
Yeah, for, for us over here, a, a big tournament is 30 or more. And so the fact that Martin on the first time out with a team challenge tournament like this has already cracked that 30 number is uh, is really significant. So uh, I'm really pleased for him and it's going to be a great tournament. Oh, no, you should awesome. see the like swag it. he's brought in and the cup. He's got a big freaking cup. Yeah, I want it to, to be a prestigious tournament. I want it to grow into like a, one of the bigger tournaments. So. Oh, awesome. You know, you've got to start somewhere, haven't you? You're going to have from humble roots and everything, isn't it? So 30 Absolutely. on your first goal, that's, a really, that's really good. Especially yeah. if like that's like your average big tournament as well. Like, you know, things can only get better for that. We even went international. We, we got a, a team signed up from the US uh, a couple of weeks ago as well. So... That that, yeah, that was probably yeah. like the highlight for me so far. We've gone international in our first year. <laughs> no, I, I think I think team tournaments don't tend to be the norm either. So as well, to to make it to a big tournament, average well, say average big tournament size over there straight away on your first goal shows it can only get bigger and better. Do you know what I mean? I I love the idea of a team tournament. I know certainly the Cardiff boys would take it a lot more seriously than say me. Jay and the Merthyr boys would. Well, we didn't, what was it, uh, Midwinter Madness? That was the last team tournament we went to. And that was just me and you. We went as, we went as the podcast. We thought, don't know what, if I could have a laugh. Beard had to carry my my ass over the finish line. Yeah, he was uh, keeping us afloat. I will say that because I took Pro Elves. And uh, that was where I famously failed eight two-plus dodges in a row. So... You know, I can't be trusted. I can't even be trusted with a good team that's supposed to be good for dodging. So. <laughs> you got the elven kryptonite. No, I just think in general it's kryptonite. It's like I love Blood Bowl, but it just doesn't love me. It's like a bloody allergic reaction, I think. Yeah. Yeah. See, yeah. M- most people analyze their game and spot that one turn where it all goes wrong. Me, me and Jay have watched enough games where we've worked out it goes wrong for him as soon as he puts his players on the pitch. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's just downhill from there. <laughs> yeah, we we've spoken afterwards, but and it's like really. So, which turn was right for you? Uh, third yep. game, t- turn three. Why not? That was the best one. For me. <laughs> but uh, no, um, I will say the last tournament I went to, I actually had a better out in. I would say, but uh, we'll go on to that later. So, get back on track. We don't want to like veer off just yet. We're only a couple of minutes into the uh, interview. As a TO, then. Uh, what programs do you use over there? Because like, I know most people that are with the NAF, they use SCORE. But, um, I know a lot over in the UK now, we're using Tour Play a lot. So I was just wondering, is that a thing, a thing over with you guys as well? Do you use that? Or is it something that people are still a bit weedy of over there? Ooh, well, uh, in terms of the ones that I've done in the past, I've just kept scoring uh, done via a spreadsheet I've created that's not very elaborate and it doesn't plug into the NAF. So you do have to go in and enter every every score into the into the NAF afterwards. But, you know, those for, were for relatively small tournaments. And for the bigger ones where I was joining up with our friend Steve, he understands IT a bit better. So he was been running it. But in the sort of the, the next big one that I'm part of the you know, the, the leading our big capital city kickoff, uh, for which I got you two those two sh- t-shirts that I'll be bringing oh. across the, the pond. But um, we, we've got a guy over here that runs the Glam, the Great Lakes Tour, uh, uh, Amoracle Tournament Series, that he's also a big IT guy, and he's doing the software that's going to run the next Amoracle Cup, one of a, the big North American cups that happens every three years. And uh, so he's going to use that software for our capital city kickoff in June. Um, Martin, what are you using uh, next weekend for the LLTC? Yeah, that same uh, program that, that Stephen has. 
Uh, and in fact, I am taking very little to do with that. <laughs> I have uh, passed the buck squarely over to Stephen and said, "This is how. This is the scoring. This is the bonus points. Make it work." <laughs> so literally, you don't use anything that is set out. You've just made your own. No, not yet. No, I, I would like to try uh, tour play. Uh, I don't know if that has a section for um, tournament builds, but all I've heard from that is uh, good feedback. Yeah. We use it for tournaments over here. You can use it for leagues. And it's pretty good because you're not having to wait until after the game is finished and everyone rushes up with a sheet and then you input it because people can use it at the the table. So if you want to register, like, oh, there was a touchdown, the players are dead or whatever, it's all done. And then when they press finish game, it collects the information ready to kick off within about five minutes. And so... It's it's really good. I've got to be honest. Like Time I saver. score, yeah. yeah. I've used score before, and it, you know it's no problem putting the information in. But it's a hell of a lifesaver using tour play as well. I was going to say the only thing that I can see as a problem with tour play is when you play leagues, the random skills. It tends to go through phases of dishing out the same two skills to almost everyone. So we had a league, first league we used tour play. Almost every random skill was armbar or pile driver, which Ooh. yeah. You know how to get around that, don't you? Don't use random. Yeah. Um, <laughs> here, here. Simple solution. <laughs> no, it's. I know. I'm just curious because it's the same game, but it's all. It's. It can look completely different when it's all like you know in one place or another, and so. And that's why I like having these interviews with the the people across the pond and in other places, so you can see how it's set up differently, what's similar, and all that. So it's always good to see that. Just to like. Bend your year a little bit more, boys. What was the last tournament you went to? If it's two two months, you surely you've just come off the back of one. Yeah, we just wrapped up a, a local tournament here in Ottawa Gatineau that was run by our friend Steve that we're talking about. That uh, is on our World Cup team, uh, the uh, Dominion Cup. So that was the second iteration of that tournament, and he did pretty well. He got uh, uh, what was the, what were the final numbers there, Martin? Twenty uh, or eighteen? Eighteen. It was either 18, there was one one that didn't show up on the day. I think it was eighteen we ended up with. Yeah, so you know, for us, a one day that's not bad up here. Uh, so eighteen, and uh, having listened to the podcast, you know that we from the word go that uh, I've been trumpeting this thing that we do called the gloatometer, where mm-hmm. we compare our relative conduct in tournaments, and the gloatometer will either swing towards me or swing towards me. And I've been <laughs> very happy in, in, in gloating about my performance. Well, uh, I'm, we're going to have to ring klaxons in the next episode. Eh, eh, because the gloatometer pendulum has obviously arced to its top and is now swinging for the first time ever towards Martin. Because uh, I, had a, I, I managed to pull draws from the teeth of two victories. And then I managed to pull a defeat from the, the, the teeth of a victory. Uh, for the three games, and I came away with uh, two draws and a, and a loss. All three of those games uh, should have been victories for me. So uh, I, I'm feeling a little glum at the moment. I told you I was going to come for you in 2023, mate. I told you. <laughs> <laughs> Martin, what about you then, Matt? Yeah, I took my uh, lizard men build to this. Uh, again, loads of prep for the World Cup, so I'm kind of stuck on lizard men now. But I had a, a similar rule set to the World Cup, so I took lizards. Uh, the first game was against Kemri and mistakes. I made two mistakes in the match, and it cost me the win. I managed to hold on for the draw, but it, it was my own fault. You know, I, th- I think the win was there for the taking. 
Uh, second game was up against Undead. I was down two Saurus after three turns, and then my crotch got killed at the beginning of the second half, like before I'd had a turn in the second half. Uh, so I, I almost like I almost pulled off a draw in that one, but they were able to put it in on turn sixteen for the two one win. And then my third game uh, was against Black Orcs, and a coach who was fairly new to play in Black Orcs, and so I. I, th- I think I might have even got a blitz or something in that game as well. So it ended up 3-0 uh, victory on the day. So a 500 record, you know, I went an, an even record, I suppose. I think I could have done better, but, you know, it happens sometimes, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. You, you can't win them all, is it? So that was me mid-table, mid-table-ish, I think, and had to look all the way down to, I think it was two places above bottom spot for Ian. Like, it's quite, it's quite embarrassing. Like, I'm, in so, I'm associated with this guy. Come on. <laughs> Sat there looking at the table, wondering, hang on, first 10, he's normally there. Can't be at the bottom, yeah. surely not. <laughs> well, I, I, we won't tell you what I explained my imperial <laughs> nobility, and uh, you've heard from the podcast that I have my... Uh, psychological warfare I inflict on people as I have my ogre and every time I activate him I yell at the top of my lungs the, the ogre's name to activate him and he had a shit tournament he just really did he, every time he could he went bonehead sometimes he'd give me a little hope by sort of not going bonehead two turns but then just when I needed him not to go bonehead of course he would go bonehead and sometimes that wasn't even to pull off a block it was just to get out of the freaking way so they could go so- blitz a ball carrier is that why uh, that particular ogre has been uh, benched for the Gladiator Cup next weekend? Yes, sir. Oh, We're going with the mighty, the, the mighty Zuggins. <laughs> oh, he's in timeout. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. I'm going with the mighty Zug. Did the both of you use your World Cup builds then for these tournaments, or was it? And if you don't mind, if you haven't mentioned what the, uh, the the skills are. Then... The particular tournament wasn't quite a World Cup build. It was a t- World Cup build for the top two tiers. And then from tier three, four, and five, they gave an extra 50K for team building. And I think even an extra skill, if I'm if I remembering correctly. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, the, the normal kind of add addition of skills. But yeah, the lower tiers got more money for their team build in the, in the first place. Okay, so although I did go with the team I intend to take, Imperial Nobility, it was a build that I won't really take because uh, Imperial Nobility throwers are useless. But with this budget, I I decided to take one so that he could, uh, on the last play of my last tournament game, throw the ball out of bounds on a wildly inaccurate, throw it into the backfield so that my opponent could do a chain push, free up a a player and go score to turn a victory I was about to gain into a defeat. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that oh, sounds man. very similar to a game I had in our most recent tournament against Wood Elves. Oaks defended the far corner, ball secure. No, what answer, leap, elf, bullshit. You know, ball into the crowd, goes straight over the end zone, straight over to the other sideline, and then thrown the full 12 squares down the other end of the field. And of course, all my Orcs are up the other end, you know, yeah. playing catch up and just couldn't get there in time. Should have been 2 1 to me and lost 2 1. I know exactly how you feel with stuff like that. The throw-ins, the throw-ins never seem to work for anybody. It's always your opponent, right? Yeah, it's, it's never yeah. you that benefits. It's always your opponent. Uh, so, well, my build for it was uh, fairly straightforward: all block on the Saurus lizard build. So you get six primary skills. So all block on the Saurus and thirteen players. But I am now thinking about a change to the lizard team. I'm considering dropping a skink and throwing in a keg. 
because I found that like if one of those Soros gets KO'd or like any KOs can really hurt that team, even on the obviously on the Crocs as well. Um, so I'm now thinking about throwing in a keg and and probably like I, I don't see the value in the ap- apothecary these days, so I'm thinking of throwing in a keg. The apple doesn't really have as much value because they, they stay around a little bit longer. You're gonna have a really shit game where it's all against you if the app if you leave an apple for a high armor value uh, team. Yeah, it's I mean it is strictly worse now, right? It, it used to be fifty percent. Now it's forty three or something. I mean, it, it, the apple is just strictly worse. And so, yeah, I mean, yeah, like I said, I, I just I stay away from it now. I'd rather have an extra player. Well, I've never taken an apple to a tournament, so I I can't tell you. Oh no. But yeah, what about you? Have you ever taken an apple to a to a pot, to a tournament? No, no. I just don't feel that they're they're uh, worth it now. So you know, in league play, I will if I can over time accumulate enough money, I'll buy one because it can't hurt. But I don't find them useful. Um, but in, in in a tournament where you've got to really keep your budget tight, no, no, never, never. See that that thinking, I completely agree with. In a tournament where, unless you're going to an event that has a silly high a silly high budget and say you've already got A, all the players you want, B, you've bought stars you want, C, you've got all the other extras and sideline staff. It's almost last on my list. In a league, it's a bit different where you're progressing players. Any chance of a player not dying is better than no chance of a player not dying, especially if it's a player where it might be you're playing Chaos Dwarfs and your one bull centaur's managed to get three skills and the other none. If your three-skilled bull centaur has a chance of going from dead to passing stat bust, I'll take that, do you know what I mean? Whereas tournaments, you tend to skill up a few players rather than just one. So, yeah, I I think I took one to maybe when we went up to Two Drunk Flings, our first ever tournament, and I think that was only because I was playing Halflings and there was that much budget left over after things that I could afford one. Yeah, you do get that with some teams. Some teams... I mean, for instance, Amazons perhaps would be a team that qualifies. The team is so cheap anyway that you find yourself with extra money, you know. And yeah. Then maybe, you know. Yeah, I mean, certainly so with the World Cup build where they've restricted a lot of the sideline staff and inducements that you can take. And yeah. I get why they've done it, so they can check over rosters and you know, it speeds a lot of things up when it comes to them being called out as TOs if players are unsure over something. But I, I completely agree. Amazons, Snotlings, anything along those lines where players are cheap enough that you have something left over and you've got everything else you want. I think that's where it, it comes in, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about yourself, Jay? Yeah, like you guys were. You guys were at was it Cardiff Cup recently, like last week? Yes, it was last week. It was a one day tournament. It was a 50, a 50 man tournament. So nice. But yeah, you might want to say about how you got on this because you you've done the best out of the two of us. I managed two wins and two losses. So again, five hundred record. Even I got more touchdowns than I conceded. So I was I was happy with that. The two losses I got elfed in. In both of them. The Wood Elves one could have been 2-1 to me, unfortunately, for War Dancer and Crowd Shenanigans. The other games, the first game I played against Zons and got greedy on turn eight and could have scored. Went for a foul and got sent off. Thankfully, oh, managed to then... Yeah, yeah. I, I, was try, I was trying to get rid of one of the strength four blockers with guard and I just thought they'd been a bit of a pain for seven turns and I just thought, well, while I've got it down, I might as well give it a try and... Yeah, I got punished for that, but I managed to turn him over second half, thankfully. But yeah, I, I enjoyed it. It's it's always a good 
well-run tournament. It's Cardiff Cup. I was happy with two wins, two losses, and if I get a similar record at a World Cup, I'll be happy with that. What about you, Jay? How did you get on? Do you want to tell? Do you want to put us out of his misery? No. So <laughs> I can't remember where you placed out of fifty. Where were you placed? I, I was about 26, 27. I was just under halfway. That's why I mean he was. He done the best out of the two of us. Silly fuck me. I took Norse, and we all remember from the last interview. And I said about what happened to me at Tash Bash, where the things, the glass cannon shattered. Right. I felt like I had to redeem myself a bit. I took um, Norse with Puggy, so I thought, you know what? Yeah. If I'm if I'm gonna lose, I'm gonna have a laugh while lo- losing. Uh, a bit better for me this tournament. I've done three draws and one loss, so that's not too bad. That's that's t- technically I didn't lose for three games, so. And, you know, I didn't win either, but uh, it's not the point. But, uh, no, I done well. I, I was top 40. <laughs> Better than being bottom 40, I'll tell you what now. So, wasn't <laughs> still a wooden spoon warrior, but I, was, I wasn't down in the down in the depths, just about. I was keeping my head above water. Last game was, it was 1-0. We kind of ran out of time, but, you know, I didn't do too bad. I was, I played, if I remember right, if I remember rightly, I think I played Dwarf on the third game. I was I've been playing like uh or I played uh Orc team as well, so you know, they weren't they weren't um soft teams that I could get away with. A lot of it yeah. was was uh, tied up. But it was a good fun game, I had a good laugh, gotta meet a lot of new people again. Yeah. Um you were saying there about this tournament, like the the Cardiff Open was a one point two million, right? And you took Puggy or were Norse tier one or tier two? Tier, I was tier. I took it on tour play. Let's see if I can pull up my tour play, and I'll tell yeah. you what it says on there. Then got it. Like got to be tour one. Twelve SP for Puggy seems a bit harsh. If you're only if you only have forty two total, twelve SP. That's a lot to spend on him. What what skills did you take on your Nost team? I shall tell you now. Here's my team. Scroll all the way down the bottom. I'll find myself. My team. My team was called. Norse escape in the wooden spoon. Nice, <laughs> nice. Play on words. Mm. <laughs> our, our wordsmith Ian would, might appreciate that one. Yep, yep. Very nice, very nice. So I took tier one in this this rule set. So I took Peggy. Yeah. Uh, I took two Valkyrie, two Elves, two Berserkers, and I took six Lightman as well. So, so I can, I, taking Puggy, that would have left you with what, like five skills? Five skills, yeah. I got Cannoneer on the Valkyrie, which saved my ass a few times. Did it really? Yeah, because I was able to throw that a little bit further than people were expecting half the time. Yeah. And especially when Puggy was nerves of steel as well, where he could catch her, then he does, sure. his, <laughs> then he does, his, he does his fling bullshit of like sliding through yeah. the legs and out, and then he could run off. So yeah. those two were a good uh, thing. My Ulfs had blocks and my Berserkers had Mighty Blow. So, you know, it was very simple. List. It was fun. Like, I'm never going to win a tournament, so I wasn't ever going to be, like, super serious with my list. But I thought, no, I'm going to have a laugh. But, you know, I had a Valkyrie. They got strip ball as a normal skill, so they could be a pain in the backside. But they're also they're good runners. They're good, they're good alternative catchers. Uh, if uh, people were too concerned on Puggy, which... A few times people saw Peggy as a star player and they thought that was trying to get him out pretty yeah. quick. But then he, t- he draws the eye then, doesn't he? So surprisingly useful. But I didn't use his. Uh, I didn't have a chance to use his special skill on him 
the whole tournament. So he wasn't that lucky. No, oh, he no. Gets, uh, personal reroll. Yeah, luck of the halfling. I was going to say about that though, because like it's it's an interesting conversation around like some people like to give the old werners guard one guard one block, but you I I kind of agree with you. I like going with two block on the elves. Uh, but I do see yeah. that you're firmly in Ian's camp and not taking tackle. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think mine, my mindset was I know a lot of the Cardiff boys tend to stay away from... So, in my head, I, I didn't do tackle because I kind of went, well, I know a lot of them tend to stay away from them. It's a rare occasion if they do take it. But yeah, you can, you can test the Test fight to that kind of, so it was like if I took tackle, yeah. I mean I may never play a woody, I may never play a pro elf or anything like that. So and I didn't, I didn't play anything that was gonna be good at dodging or needed to dodge out. Did you play any stunty teams though? Like that's where tackle becomes really important, right? Against your stunty no. and your titchy teams. No, yeah, you didn't. Oh, okay, well, <laughs> fair enough. It's obviously a meta decision that you've made. If you're yeah. looking at your opponents and thinking there's not going to be a lot of dodge going around, and yeah, it makes sense. Well, well, like I said, it's because because I've seen them at tournaments. I've seen what type of list they play. Like I yeah. know there's going to be an old world alliance team. I know there's going to be a dwarf team. I know there's going to be a human team. So I, I know there's going to be a couple of orc teams, uh, a chauf team, and none of them, I would say, would specialise in being very agile. They more gang up, beat the shit out of them, that type of thing. So I kind, I kind of uh, hedged my bets and didn't think about taking tackle. Perhaps I should have taken tackle, but I think that would have been like a second pick if I didn't take Puggy. I would have just checked tackle on my lineman or something like that. Right. But okay. um, yeah. no. But I like... The elves, because they strength four, I like to use them as like a second, a second order block of berserkers. Uh, so the only thing they miss in then when you give them block is the jump up. So really, you double duty in then, aren't you? So that's how I look at it. I am not the uh, the one who's the the be all end all knowledge on it. Like a lot of people will ask me, when did, when did you take a yeti? Because I didn't have one painted up. Simple as, <laughs> like I got a Grebo Yeti, and he's still in about three pieces. So I'm like, he's undercoated. I just can't be asked to paint him. That's just, that's generally how it goes. I uh, the last year or so, I've just started to employ the whole uh, slap chop method. The the guy from the Honest Wargamer has been promoting. Oh that yeah, and uh, yeah. honestly, it has changed. It's changed the hobby for me. Like, I was never going to win painting awards anyway, right? I really don't see myself as a great painter, but being able just to Throw a bit of the uh, the old dry brushing on, and then put contrast paints on. You you get a team pumped out, and like that Yeti you're talking about. I get the Forge World one. I think I painted that mm. thing in like three hours total, and it it looks fine, right? It's it's not yeah. beautiful, but it's it's not silly looking. Yeah, no, I I got I got to sit down and paint. Uh, it's just it's me sitting down and painting at the moment. That's my problem. But um, you're saying about the slap chop thing. I think I I painted my two wolves. I think they took me twenty minutes. Oh yeah. wow! And that, that was just basically slap chop. You know, it, it looks like I put more effort into it than what I did. I, I I'm yet to try slap chop, but I have got the the terracotta the terracotta ogre style team. So I'm probably going to try it with them. Do them mainly all terracotta, and then just pick out a few details on each model. I it's something I want to try. Um I think I'm like you, I'm probably never gonna win a painting award. It's Mr. Pro painted over there, Lord Jay that's got himself a painting award. Second ever tournament and it can now put on eBay it's pro painted, you know. 
Yeah, Damn, yeah. fucking right. That's the only reason I wanted a winner. Well, uh, you know, if you enjoy painting and stuff, and it's you consider that to be a, a, a big part of your hobby, then like great, you know, that's awesome. Just for me, I'm. I mean, I'm looking right now at my pile of shame, and I know you guys are the same, right? But I'm looking at that and thinking, I'm never going to be able to paint all that. And so they kind of. The indecision, like, especially when you sit down to paint, like you were saying, Jay, you sit down to paint, you don't have a colour scheme in mind and you nothing gets done. Whereas with Slap Chop, you, 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 just, you just get through it. You, it's helped me let go, I think. You know? <laughs> I, I think since companies starting with GW brought in contrast style paints or speed paints, whatever you want to call them, it's made painting much more accessible to a lot of people, be it through Slap Chop or just, slap contrast on things in general i think a lot of people are getting things on the table quicker which you know it's it's a much more enjoyable game when you're playing against whether it's blood ball like you guys say other miniature games playing against painted minis it just feels a bit more you can feel the depth of the game a bit more when things are painted or things have a coherent color scheme you know certainly more so when you're playing those bigger games where you can go you know, this unit all has red shoulder pads that unit has blue shoulder pads so you can easily distinguish different things just based on colour schemes. But, you know, I, I think it's a great thing that they've done, and I think it's good that other companies are following suit, bringing their own lines in. I, I, I want to try an army painter one, because I suppose they're ten times better than the GW ones, but, you know, I was getting around to, like, going down the shop to get them, like, I'm too much of a lazy bastard, and I stay indoors these days, like, you know, but, uh, no, let's, let's try and bring it back. Yeah, sorry, I didn't go. No, it's me. I'm just going to try and bring it back to uh, Blood Bowl. We allowed it to get derailed. We went for a cup of tea and everything, guys, <laughs> you know. That's how much we got uh, sidetracked on this one. So you've been playing Blood Bowl for a couple of years and you're probably paying more attention to your teams now with the podcast. That's been going, it's a couple of months now. Is it nearly a year? Uh, September. I think September 22 was our first episode. Either August or September. I probably yeah. should so, know that, Ian. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a very end of August or early September, one of the two. We're, we've done sort of seven official episodes, so we're way behind you guys. Oh, you're not that far behind us. We, we, we take a break every so often, so uh, you can catch up with us, no problem. Probably by the end of this year, you'll probably catch up with us. But have you found a like an inducement that you've taken more that you didn't think you would, ha- you would enjoy, or...? Has it been like a certain team or star player that you've never thought of, but then when you've used them, you were like, oh, I kind of like that. I'll use that more. Yeah, so I've got one, well, the the fairly obvious one. Uh, I was able to take Hack Flame on Chorf, and I know that that's dirty. Like, I, I can... I need a shower even saying it right but uh i, I took i took hack flame on chorf a couple of times uh, but on the other on the kind of flip side to that i think is interesting as well since the um the tournament scene has opened back up again past couple of years i'm taking and with the new rule set i'm taking less rerolls i used to always consider three rerolls to be priority and now more often than not two is enough yeah what about you Ian? well you know for me uh you know, I'm glad that the World Cup and other tournaments have um, imposed a, a tax on certain stars because, uh, you know, frankly, you know, Bomber, Dribble Snot, or Cindy, you know, those are for 50k damn good pieces that have the potential to break a, a tournament. And so I think it is good that they put those taxes on it. You know, frankly, in a league play, if I've got 50k lying around and I'm, depending on the team I'm playing, I'll pull in Bomber, Dribble Snot, or I'll pull in Cindy. 
uh, because they're they're just dynamite pieces. <laughs> oh, I thought you were waiting for that one. Were you waiting for that question? You had that lined up for days, haven't you? I was wanting to do some more now and ask the war drummer. Have you guys used him on your mm. teams? Or? Yeah, I find it. I find that such a good utility piece. I've got a question on that. Uh, the war drummer. Can you push the same player three times? If you get like three four ups, can you push the same player three times? Yes. I see. I did not know that before. I think it was last week somebody had mentioned that, uh, and I find that incredible. That narrows the pitch significantly, right? Do, you can yes. push them to the side, right? Back from the line, I think, if is the word in on it. But use a discretion. Like how we do it around this way is, you push back. You can if you pushed into another player, you can veer off, but. Like, I use it more to, like, separate. Like, if you can see somebody who's got halflings lined up next to a trees, and, you know, there's a possibility of a one turn, you can separate them, you know, so they can't, so they've got to move close to sort it all out. Or if you know there's yeah. a soft player in the front and you want to separate them so you can get two dice blocks on them, it's really good at that. It's a, it's a good utility piece. And I would say Black Orcs in particular would need that piece. And I I think you said beard, didn't they? They're not on the inducements for the World Cup. They're not, no. I took it to the Cardiff Cup and I, I had really good success with moving things back. Like you say, moving things back so you could get a blitz through into another piece. But your opponent not knowing how many players may or may not be pushed back, it's one of those things where it just distracts them during every setup. It's not just one setup yeah. or one use and i think that's what makes it as good as it is that it's every single drive there's no way your opponent can take it off you or anything like that or work around it yeah i had an orc player use it against me at the new year's bash i was lizards he was obviously orcs and it turned the first half into a bit of a stalemate because i didn't get to hit him at the start of the match kind of thing so yeah. the two of us were just facing off against each other uh for like the first four maybe even five turns of that first half it's a fabulous piece. And then when you link it to like others, like the most infamous time we used it was me versus me at a barbecue bowl. I I had enough coins the way I could have Black Orcs, Varag, a War Drummer, and a Firebelly. And <laughs> Firebelly, right, I reckon is like one of the best wizards, right? It's up there probably with the, what was it, the Skaven Warplock Engineer. Right, I reckon those two were fantastic, right? Column of Fire, absolutely amazing. Because it's, draw a line from either side of the pitch, and then it's like everyone gets hit. But what it was, be it set up, he set up not that far behind his front row. I rolled a three on uh, on my water, and I pushed him, pushed him then, and I was like, I, I can see, I got a perfect line by it. There's like eight players by it. It um, took them all out, and he was like, it, it fucked him up. Because he was like, well, I can't, I'm not actually competing in this play now because you can surround me, hold me, and, well, one player can fuck off. Yeah. So it's got, a, it's got a great utility piece. And like mm. Beard said, it gets everybody thinking. And for 50, it's, it's not a one use. It's every drive. Like, granted, like a lot of players will stall and everything like that. Like, try and mitigate how many turns and how many touchdowns in a turn, right? But oh, it's it's a great counter offensive, I would say, because it, it like you said against lizards, where you would say you gotta get the shit kicked out of you if there's a long line, like you know. But you can push them back, open up a gap, really good. 
That's one of my favourites, that is. That's probably why I'm not going to the World Cup, I would say. He's like, can't take my wardrobe, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not sorry to see the back of it. Um, the, the, the death zone <laughs> inducements, if they were to allow them in competitive play, it would, the whole pack of cards would just crumble down. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the few, I would say, that is needed. Like I think, like say, especially for like Black Oaks, it's they're so slow, and the fact that you've got to put them into certain positions, like you you've only got access to like at a tournament, like say four, five, unless you want to re-skimp on your goblins. So you you need something to balance you out. So that, that's that's why I see it as a must more than most. I I, I enjoy sheepy rerolls now because uh, the mascot is a yeah. lot of fun as well. So. Shippy rerolls. <laughs> so, you know, rerolls. Right, <laughs> boys, I've taken up enough of your time. I've had you nearly an hour. So, I am going to start a game with you, right? And I Very want to good. see your Blood Bowl knowledge. Beard's okay. going to be the adjudicator on this one, right? It's called Skill Band or Not a Fan. And the aim of the game is I'm going to give you three to four skills, and you've got to guess positional is right if you need extra help i can tell you what the primary uh, skill selection is see if that helps you so for example if i said tackle and thick skill and the primary access is general and strength what would you think that is dwarven blocker a dwarf what uh, well alignment like they're exactly see simple in it right simple game would you have accepted chaos dwarf blocker <laughs> No, I was accepting dwarf. Oh, okay, all right. I had like that. In my head. You've, got, you've got to really narrow it down, right? I, I don't want you right, getting right. very ambiguous with it, right? Okay. So uh, before we even get into this, I just want you all to know you can see behind me there. That's my rule book on the shelf. I'm not cheating like Ian. Come on, Ian. Where's your rule book? <laughs> <laughs> don't lie like it's under the table. It's right in front of you. What he's what he's got? He's got BB roster opened up on his. Uh, Right, number one, right? I'm going armbar, brawler, loner three plus. Old world alliance dwarf blocker. That is okay. Do you want us to buzz in here or are we just to shout out when we know? Because Ian probably, all right, okay. Right, you spoke first. I'm going to give you the thing, Ian. Your buzz is sheepy. Okay, Martin, yours is going to be re-roll, okay? All right, okay. So, next one. Pass, sure hands, thick skull. Uh, re-roll. Kemri Throra. That is, yeah. Oh! <laughs> Nailed, it. Nailed it, two for two. Now we got Dodge, Stunty, Shadowin. Sheepy. What are you? Okay, I'm wrong, actually. Reroll. Reroll. Chameleon skink. Oh, uh, yeah, you got it. You got it. <laughs> it's a chameleon skink. Right, here we go. Diving tackle. Jump up. Pogo step. Reroll. Slan blitzer. That's it. And I think, really, you. Martin has shown his dominance of his Blood Bowl knowledge. Yeah. But I've got an yeah, extra yeah. one. I, told, that I, gonna... I mean, to be fair, you keep picking teams that I play. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Okay, funny bugger. Let's, uh, let's try this one. Last one. Block and sidestep. Sheepy. So that would be an Elven Union Blitzer. That's it. Oh, Bang on. nice. Yeah, nice. See? Don't tell me you play him a lot, does it? I play them a bit. In fact, this next tournament that uh, Martin and I are driving down to Guelph for, I'm taking Elven Union. See, every time you say Guelph, that sounds like a place in Wales. Fair play. So, <laughs> at the end of the game, I think that's 3-2 to two to uh, Martin. So, I would say out of the two of you, the Glotometer should go over to Martin on this one. Oh, yes. yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Game, game. I'm, this crushed. I'm crushed. <laughs> Thanks. That was good fun. But yeah, did you see a lot of fair play? There wasn't any uh, shenanigans going on there then, was there? I don't know. There, there, there was some fouling. I think refs need to send somebody off during that. Pro- <laughs> yeah, probably need to send Jay off, to be fair. Probably, yeah. <laughs> it just struck me now, because we're talking about uh, adjudicate in my head, right? Do you have any like free inducements given out, or do you do something different every tournament, or is it just a basic tournament standard? I, I think over here we uh, have a range of tournaments that take a sort of a, a normal model between sort of 1.5 and 2 million normally, but then they will add in some sort of spice. So, you know, for example, I'm running a, a, a tournament ahead of my big tournament. It's a sevens tournament. Uh, I call it the capital city kickback instead of kickoff be, and the kickback being, you know, corruption. And so uh, every team gets $100,000 that they are 100,000 gold pieces that they must spend on bribes. So this, of course, gives goblins or black orcs two bribes. And then uh, the, the tiebreaker for that particular sevens tournament is the number of foul casualties generated. Nice. Well, like you've, you've actually got the best one in your other tournament, Ian. The, that's the, the, the bit, my favorite one anyway. Well, okay, yeah. So the the other tournament that I run every summer is the uh, Thrunk Memorial Brick. I do it outdoors at a at a brewery halfway between Montreal and Ottawa, just so the two communities can get together and uh, have a pint while they uh, they kill each other. And it's called the Thrunk Memorial Brick because it's named after a, a, an ogre who was killed by a brick thrown from the crowd, and uh, he loves Blood Bowl so much that uh, he comes back as a ghost to play. And so whenever cheering fans is is rolled, uh, he will appear on the trap door and then move to try to hit, try to get the ball and hit whoever's got the ball. And uh, so that's a, a little thing that we do to spice up the, the game. And, um, you know, the, the, the tiebreaker for that particular tournament is the number of thrunk casualties you get. You, you add me a brewery. See, that sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs> no, that sounds amazing. It's like... We generally keep it in the book where, where people can uh, see because like last tournament we done we done a free uh, beer keg. Uh, this one now we've actually made our mascot now Drag the Dragon. Now he's going to be part of the game now, so he's going. We've given everyone a biased ref, yes. but it's the rules for the halfling triplets in it, beard. Yep, that's the ones. Yeah, so it, so it's a little bit different, but it's not. But it's, it covers everybody, so it's not like everyone gets a bias ref and then it just doesn't work. It, it's something different for every person, then, and it? so it's going to be that type of thing. So I know some tournaments here. We also have uh, a special chainsaw at Christmas, wrapping paper face at one tournament. <laughs> so another friend of ours, uh, Squad Chaos, they have a thread bowl which 
has an, their own array of characters as well. One being Thread, which is a barbarian fanatic as well. So he's spinning around a... A drunk of beer barrel. Yeah. So he's hitting it with a beer barrel and then they got a squig and everything like that then. So, you know, it, it's... Variety is a spice of life. It is. And I think we see that this year especially, building up to the World Cup, a lot of tournaments are just going to churn out the World Cup rule set. So it is nice every now and again to be like, oh, this tournament's giving away free giants or, you know, this tournament has a an ogre that pops up and swirls around. If you fail to pick up that ball, you're in trouble. Uh, like, I, I can't say enough about it. Ian put a lot of thought into his uh, Thrunk build and it's not overbearing, right? It doesn't yeah. ruin games, but if you just happen to, like, be really unlucky, it, it can just turn the tide, you know? <laughs> oh, no, that sounds awesome. You'll have to send me um, a copy of the rule set and perhaps we can... Try it amongst us at the, our local and just see what see what we think. Like, you know, very good. I'll do that. Thrunk can go international that way, then can he? So, <laughs> give it a try. Yeah. But yeah, have you got anything you want to say to these fine gentlemen? I know I've monopolised their time. I think you've covered everything we wanted to go through. Right, boys. Use your final couple of minutes on the podcast. This is your time now, where you can advertise yourself. Anything that's coming up, anything that's future projects take it away uh we're in the process of recording episode eight at the moment we're going to be covering uh, what happened at the dominion cup and what's going to happen this upcoming weekend in uh, the gladiator cup down in guelph there will be movement on the glotometer and that will be uh uh, that will be done with lots of fanfare. Uh, we have interesting questions uh, that we posed to each other in the beginning. And then I, I, I'm asking some stupid Blood Bowl questions of people at these tournaments. That'll just add a little bit of humor here and there to the show. And uh, then we'll uh, maybe wrap up with uh, the update and the standings for the Glam Tournament Series. Martin, uh, would you add anything else to that? No. <laughs> Man of many words, but there, wouldn't he? Huh? <laughs> But look, thanks very much for having us on your your uh, pod. Uh, I think you know we gave you a shout out on our episode one for a reason. Um, I've enjoyed listening to you, and uh, you know, thanks for inspiring us. No, oh, I, I I take no thing in saying we inspire people there, but you don't. Uh, you'd be very modest there, but it's always good to hear from brothers in the community across the pond. If it's anything we can do, you know, you'll reach out to us and. If you want us to advertise something, we will advertise it. You know, we're always there for you because I know you would do that for us as well. So yeah. I'm hoping, boys, in a couple of couple of months, maybe we can have another interview catch up time. And yeah, absolutely. Uh, thanks for having us on. First, first of all, uh, it's always a pleasure. Oh, it's like, always we've, a pleasure. We've, we've been together and had a, a couple of conversations now, and uh, like I said, it's it's been enjoyable. So yeah, why, why don't we? Um, get together at the end of the spring or into the summer and we can uh, at least meet up another one or two times before the World Cup. Yeah, yeah, that, that would be amazing. And I know when we were on your podcast, like you had to do like a 6.5 for us, wouldn't it? Because uh, we, kind, we kind of bitched and moaned and took over, the, took over a bit. Like, you know, but yeah. we apologise for that one. But you know what it's like, you know, when you spend a lot of time with someone, you get used to them and, you know, you act like brothers at the end of the day, you know, so... That was it. Well, we, like a- we we had originally intended to just have that be like a twenty minute thing or whatever, but we thought <laughs> it was worthy. We thought it was worthy the discussion and stuff to to post as its own thing. You know what I mean? I, th- I thought it, yeah. it did well. So. No, oh, no, it was an amazing chat with you guys. It was just 
I came away from it. I said to me, and I said, I hope we don't put off any of the bloody listeners now, like, and I was like, what have been doing now, like, and I, I've, I've been here 10 years. They still don't understand me. I think you're okay. <laughs> no worries, Adam. Right, boys, I don't want to take up any more of your time. So I'm going to let you go. It's always been a pleasure, and we will catch up again. So from me to thee and to everyone that's listening, I'm going to say goodbye. Thanks very much. Thanks. Next time.